Welcome to the Soda Pod, ladies and gentlemen. Isha Jerome here alongside Brandon Quast. Um, we got a big show planned for you today. Got some catching up to do. Again, folks, sorry about episode 31 on Monday. I, uh, I, up, well, I updated that feed with just an address of uh, what was going on and my friend's doing a lot better. So uh, just thanks for all the best wishes. And if you want more details on uh, why a full-length episode was not able to be produced, uh, for the episode 31 slot on Monday. Just go back to the feed. Um, I uploaded uh, just a small address there. But episode 32, back with Brandon Quast. Got a soda in my hand. A proud Phillips Shortwave West Coast Pale Ale all the way from my hometown, Victoria, British Columbia. Sipping on this 5.2% uh, beer here none of that light stuff that you folks down south in the u.s drink how's it going brandon now uh, your your green bay packers they beat our seattle seahawks uh this last weekend uh, i know you were jumping for joy oh yeah i was and it was a pretty close game i uh if we were to record a podcast that i i'm not sure um i'm not sure how much, how good i would have been man i was I, my switch was flipped over to football for the moment <laughs> so it would have been a lot of know football talk i think but uh you know i'm satisfied with the win overall Packers got another tough battle out of them in san francisco and then even beyond that too they got to the chiefs of the Titans. so well i think um, san i think i mean uh, we'll, we'll get back to talking uh, in a sec but i think san francisco is probably the easier you know the, the easier team to go through um you know barring that you know when, if you have to face kansas city i mean patrick mahomes is an absolute animal out there and taking yeah. nothing away from the great one aaron Rodgers, but you got young blood coming in and he uh Man, he's fired up and he's playing outstanding football. Hey, I'm a big fan of Patrick Mahomes. I, uh, I have, a, I, ha- I had him on my fantasy team this past year. Nice, and I got, nice. I, uh, I won his jersey. I won his jersey at, at my local GameStop. They had a drawing for his jersey for when uh, Madden 20 came out, and I won it. So I got his jersey. That's awesome, man! You're a jersey <laughs> guy. I love it. We gotta do some Patreon content well on those jerseys of yours. It's not, it's not autographed or anything. It's just like a generic, like. Patrick Mahomes jersey. Oh, it's just a generic Mahomes jersey. Not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's just like your basic, you know, you on NFL shop, buy a jersey, whatever. But uh, overall, after that, I've just been sore, man. I've been working my tail off at work. I told you before we started recording, I've been demoing a couple Vernaki sticks. As I told you, I'm kind of an apocryphal person, so I've been testing out sticks that are both for left-handed people and right-handed people and i am one of the unfortunate lucky people that fall into both of those categories i like how you phrase that unfortunate lucky people because you're saying that it's it's a weird yeah because you have to test out sticks on you know both sides to see what's comfortable for shooting and stick handling well no matter what i do i gotta buy the stick for both i gotta find this like first i gotta find the stick that works for both handedness and then second, I gotta buy it. So whenever I go play, if I'm if I wake up one day and be like, yep, I'm gonna play left-handed today, I could do it, or you know, go with the the more normal option, which was righty. Because if I have a preference, I'll play righty. But when I throw a curveball out there, I can play lefty. Okay. Well, here's my here's my question. Like, yeah. Well, what influences your decision? Like, do you just wake up in the morning, just flip a coin, and go, all right, heads left, tails right? Like. <laughs> I mean, because you don't have to buy two sticks. I mean, you could just you could just choose one side, no? 
I don't know. It's just something funner that way. It, it is. It's very fun, actually. It, it, it just it's just more of a challenge if I decide to go left over right. But you know, fair enough. Fair enough. Right, right is my more skilled set. You know, side so. There, there you go, folks. You got to know Brandon Quast a little bit more here on the Soda Pod. Nine times out of ten, I will go right. <laughs> uh, sh- folks, just a reminder, gongshowgear.ca, they sponsor our weekly Twitter giveaways. So go check uh, our Twitter page out, at HockeyPodNet, and, of course, the podcast Twitter page, at the Soda Pod. A special thanks to MyBookie.ag, as we have an uh, inspired giveaway, um, NHL 20. That is still up for grabs, I believe, by the time you're listening to this podcast. Um, Dylan, my uh, partner in crime here at the Hockey Podcast Network, may have chosen a winner. But uh, if you're listening to this and you don't see it yet, at HockeyPodNet on Twitter, jump on, get your entry in for a a last chance to win um, a copy of NHL 20, either for Xbox or PS4, whatever your console um, of choice or, or use rather is and uh, again, thank- NHL 20 with me yeah there you go you can play with brandon quest as he has both either or thanks again to mybookie.ag for jumping aboard sponsor the hockey podcast network and of course gongshowgear.ca which uh, our next uh our next giveaway will be a hat from gong show gear and they have they have great gear they're our friends at gongshowgear.ca okay show rundown here we got the open phone app we got some pro we got a the prospect report man keep saying this you gotta choose a name you gotta choose a name i'm giving you like two more episodes and before i name it for you and trust me you don't want that <laughs> after the prospect report we uh, got some wild news and notes which we just kind of just clumped in um with with talking about the last few games um you know if, if you listen to the episode 31 address you'll know that i've been really busy and haven't really watched uh, the last couple wild games in their entirety uh brandon will have a little bit more to say on that but some of the storylines of the games i have done my due diligence on so we'll have a little bit of a conversation on that uh we have some general hockey talk uh news from around the nhl and uh, just the world of hockey and then we're gonna bring uh, bring on just to end off the show uh my partner in crime, as I said, on the Hockey Podcast Network, host of the Stick Hungry podcast covering all things San Jose Sharks on the network, Dylan Kayser. As, uh, as we just got a couple special stories, of course, hockey-related stories that we want to share with you listeners. Um, without further ado, let's get into the open phone segment. We have a text and voicemail open to all Minnesota fans and those beyond the state of hockey, listen, it's simple. If you call us, we're putting you on the podcast. It's a great way to interact, so don't be shy. Our number is 612-324-1684. Again, 612-324-1684. We have a text this week from, uh, from, from one of the best fans here at the Soda Pod, Shane Van Nice. And uh, he has Twitter as well, so if you want to go follow him on Twitter, he's at Van Nice Shane. That's uh, V-A-N-N. I C E Shane S H A N E. Um, you know, go go follow him he, on Twitter. He also raps on uh, the, the Stick Hungry podcast, which I just mentioned. Uh, Dylan hosts that show. Funny enough, and if you're asking yourself, what the fuck? Why is the nicest of Shane Shane Van Nice rapping on the Stick Hungry podcast? Um, I'm not going to spoil that for you. You're going to have to go check out the Stick Hungry podcast for uh, for the answer on that. But anyways, back to the open phone app here on the Soda Pod. Um, he asks us, Brandon, 
What do you think is a better nickname for Carson Soucy? He's really digging Soucy. Uh, the Sooster, the Soucinator, or the Tsunami? Oh. I, I, you know, right off the bat, you got to take away the Soucinator because the Fentanator already has that title. Oh, so yeah. We don't want to don't associate Susie with the fatinator. So between the Suster and Tsunami, man, it's Tsunami for me. <laughs> I got to go Tsunami. That's a good yeah. one, Shane. Yeah, Tsunami for sure. Attaboy. Great question, Shane. Way better than the fucking Pedersen comparison. So again, folks, if you, wanna, <laughs> if you think you can top the question, much like, uh, much like the question here that Shane brought in, please don't be shy. Um, get at us again, 612-324-1684. You can text us or leave a voicemail. And speaking of that, we also have uh, wild monthly giveaways uh, at the Soda Pod. There's, there's two ways to enter the monthly contest. You can leave us a text or voicemail. Again, 612-324-1684 via the open phone app. Or you can comment the pre- and predict the correct score on uh, a tweet that I uh, always tweet out on the Soda Pod the contest tweet every game day. You either leave us a text or voicemail. It can be about anything or even your score prediction for that game or just comment a prediction of the score prior to the game. Those are your two ways to automatically enter in the prize draw. Later this month, towards the end of the month, we'll announce the winner. Um, and uh, we have all the merch came in the mail. I'm ready to get to send it out to all you folks. And we have some a couple more great giveaways uh, coming in the next couple months. So just stay tuned for that again at the soda pod. Follow us on Twitter at VI sports talk. That's myself. Brandon changed up his, uh, his Twitter handles. You can follow him at quest gone wild, baby. And of course, all things about the podcast um, information about the show. And if you want to get interactive with us, go and follow us at the soda pod. The best thing you can do today though, folks is rate and review the hockey podcast network and the shows you like wherever you can do. So no poll question this week as uh, we didn't have a full length show on Monday, but we will have a new one next week. So stay tuned for that. And it's always on Twitter at the soda pod. If you miss any part of the show, you can download the podcast at the hockey podcast network.com or wherever you get podcasts from just look up and subscribe to the hockey podcast network. We will have separate feeds coming for every single team on the network. Very, very soon folks stay tuned for that. Um, and if you want to play a list of all episodes, again, the hockey podcast network.com. So pods, a product of the hockey podcast network, and it is brought to you by our friends at gong show I want to sip some beer this beautiful shortwave delicious beer i'm gonna hand the reins over to brandon quest and uh so he can take over here and uh we can dive into the prospect report Get some people's attention on face on Facebook on Twitter. I don't know if I gotta like, you know, give out my personal phone number or whatever. But that, that would be an extremely bad idea. But um, no man, six one two three two four one six eight four, baby. Yeah, that works. It's a Minnesota too. number. That that work that works quite well. Um, but uh, no no promises it connects you right to me. But uh, anyway, prospect report working title. Each has given me a deadline for that though. But um, yeah, two more episodes. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm not gonna talk about a current wild 
prospect, but a former wild prospect. Um, so back in 2011, does anybody remember? No, Isha, maybe you might remember. God, I remember it too well, man. Vancouver burnt, burnt itself down that year. Yeah, so the Wild took some guy. They acquired this pick from San Jose in the Brent Burns trade. They acquired this, this pick, and they took this guy named Zach Phillips, 28th overall. Okay, okay. And just, just saying the name, it's like, I still think to myself, who? Well, Zach Phillips is a guy that played he, play, he played rather well in junior. And, you know, I could see why the Wild, you know, took a shot on him. You know. <clears throat> Great me, playoff right? numbers. Yeah, he's a kid from, you know, kid from Canada. You know, he, he played pretty good in the QMJHL. Um, played three seasons with the St. Saint, John Sea Dogs. You know, the, the Wild weren't wrong to take him 28th overall. Um, but obviously there was... You know, I'm I'm sure there was other players that they easily could have, you know, he they could have taken instead of him. Most notably, some players with the names of, you know, Ricard Raquel, Boone Jenner, um, Joel Edmondson, Brandon Sod, um, <laughs> Victor Freakin Rask. Whoa. Victor Freakin Rask. William Carlson, Nikita Kucherov, you know, name a few of the wild. Just Nikita Kucherov, not a big deal. Just hanging in the a, second round, whatever. Not a big deal, you know. Picked in the fourth, the last pick in the second round by the way. You know what's crazy? He was, you know, his time in the QMJHL. He was on some damn good teams. I mean, he played. I mean, some of his teammates, you know, throughout his junior career, uh, you know, Mike Hoffman, Thomas Yurko, Nathan uh, Bolia, uh, Jonathan Huberto. Um, just to name a few, hold on, who else did he play with here of note? I know even in his last season, 2011-2012, um, I guess just the, the, actually that same core played played with each other for, for about three years. So um, he did play on some damn good teams as, you know, obviously Huberto is absolutely dominating the NHL and the Eastern Conference right now. 92 points last year, Huberto had 61 this year already. Dude, man, no one talks about the Florida Panthers offense, but it's just nuts. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm taking us down. Uh, I'm taking us off the rails. Let's, let's jump back on the train here, get back to the prospect report. Yeah, so Zach Zach Phillips, um, man, I just I don't know what happened to this guy. Um, he just could not get on the horse at the pro level. Um, he spent a couple years bouncing around, bouncing around the minors. He was with the Houston Arrows when that was still the affiliate of the Wild, and then it became Iowa. He was with Iowa for a little bit. Then he was with Providence Bruins. He was still with within the uh, Boston Bruins system. Then he bounced around the ECHL for a little bit. Then he took his game over abroad and played three, two and a, three seasons over there. And he came back over here this season. And he's already played. He's already playing on his third ECHL team just this season alone. Jeez. He started out with the Toledo Walleye. Then he went over to the Wooster Railers and now he's with the Norfolk Admirals. So I don't know, man, it's just kind of one of those things I picked out of there. Like, this guy was a prospect at one time, showed some promise, but just could not, could not crack it up. Well, he's still playing pro, so you have to at least uh, take oh, yeah, a cap to that, you know, because the there's a lot of junior players who put up like 80, 90 points in junior and 
you know, they won't even they'll retire at 26 years old sort of thing. The fact that he's, you know, 27, I believe, and he's still playing pro hockey, even at the ECHL level. I mean, probably still has a chance to go back to Europe eventually and just make a little bit of money. Very, very, very true. And, you know, touching on, you know, our current prospects in the system, we got, you know, guys like Beckman that are going ham in the uh, WHL. Um, oh, man, who was it that I really wanted to touch on? Um, Ivan Lodnia from the Niagara Ice Dogs. He just got named captain of the Niagara Ice Dogs, actually, um, since they traded their captain. Um, can't think of the, the kid's name, but um, just traded him. Nestorenko's been doing pretty well lately. Um, yeah. Yeah, things are looking good. Yeah, prospects are doing good in the system. Um, <laughs> Matt Boldy, he's, uh, he's now up to two goals and four assists on the season. He plays, and the thing with Boldy, Isha, I, I do want to point out is he does, what I've realized is he does play at a very elite level, and he plays on a good team. He just doesn't get the opportunity to point in, but just positionally-wise, he, he does play pretty well. Not saying yeah, because, that, well, I haven't heard any, like, crazy critique about him, right? Like, no. we see some newcomers on the team, like I keep saying, like, a uh, friend of the show, Alex Newhook, who's almost point per game, seven goals. But then you look at just kind of the, the reporting and the, well, the scouting report rather on Matthew Boldy and no one has any terrible things to say about him other than his just, he just doesn't have a scoring touch yet, but he hasn't been doing anything wrong at that level. And I, I like what you said there positionally, there's not really a concern um, yet for, for the amount of time and opportunity he's been given. I, I truly believe we haven't, we haven't seen, we haven't, we have, we've seen nothing yet. When you, I believe next year is when we're really going to start to see this player, um, you know, take strides towards positive development. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head too. A while back when you were talking about Boldy is he might be one of those guys that's a four year guy in college um, just to, you know, fully develop from day Uh, one. I've thought that, that he, that he may be a three to four, four year guy. Yeah. It's not going to be like um, a couple of Wisconsin Badgers that we, uh, we know all too well about, like Cole Caulfield. Um, even though I will advocate that I think Cole Caulfield would be a two to three year guy in the NCAA. Or um, who's the other guy I was thinking of too, Scott? I just lost it. Um, Keandre Miller, that was the other one. Um, oh, yeah, Ke- he's a beast. Yeah, Keandre Miller might be a two to three year guy, but I think Boldy, Boldy with the way that he is, he's, he's definitely going to be a, a four year guy. And then after that, they'll kind of see where he's at. Yeah, basically just uh, be patient with Boldy, folks. All right, let's move on from the prospect report to report here and get on to segment number two. Um, some wild news and notes. We've kind of just clumped this segment in with, uh, with the meat and potatoes segment, everything where we run down, um, well, we boldly and truthfully run down the recent wild games but starting with some wild news and notes um kovanov uh i i, I was scrolling through twitter today and i found a, a funny tweet so I, I thought i should bring it here on the podcast it's by uh, igor uh ironko he is a sports express hockey writer covering the khl um he's a he's a khl tv sideline reporter and he's uh, a well, best journalist award winner for the KHL 
as well. Um, some folks are familiar with his, uh, well, I guess now infamous segment on the Spit and Chickens podcast as well. But um, having said all that, he is well-respected in covering the KHL and breaking news from that league and, and just covering Russian play- players um, in general. Um, he said uh, that Russia's U20 head coach, Valerie Bragan, thinks Kovanov will do much in the NHL one day if he looks after his weight. It's not like he doesn't look but he weighs too much at the moment. Hashtag MN Wild Bragan um, praises his abilities. So um, do people think that Kovanov's too fat? I thought his World Juniors performance no. was outstanding personally. And, you know, no. and QMJHL, they, they don't let their players get fat. Do they let them eat some burgers post-game? Absolutely. They're teenagers for fuck's sakes. But in World Junior Championship, Kovanov put a very respectable three goals and eight points 14 penalty minutes, a plus three in seven fucking games, and he won the silver medal. Yeah, dude, Kovanov. He looked great. He looked better than I thought he would, to be perfectly honest. Oh, yeah, and this is a guy, too, we've talked about in several podcasts now. Not only have I featured him in the prospect report, but we've just talked about him in general. I know one of the poll questions, too, is about him. Um, And to be honest with you, no, I don't think he's fat. You know, he's not like cheeseburger Phil Council over here. <laughs> but uh, he's he's talented. He's like, yeah, and he's like maybe Evgeny Malkin Dowie, but he ain't fat. I remember, it, well, yeah, maybe Evgeny Malkin Dowie. Yeah. But you see Kucher. I know I made a comparison to Kucherov. Kucherov's not, <laughs> Kucherov's not big either. I mean, he's muscular, but he's not like, you know, fat, thick. You know, so it, it's, maybe it was just a lost in translation kind of thing. I just thought it was it was just a funny tweet. It stood out to me as I was well, scrolling through Twitter. But I don't want to stay on this topic too too long because we do have some wild new uh, you know talk to get to. Oh yeah, to oh, <laughs> oh yes, yes, we got stuff to talk about, Isha. Yeah. Oh man, I just came across something really dumb. What's that? Um, are you still recording? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a stupid thing. I just found something I don't like. Uh, Michael Russo of The Athletic reports that a deal between the Penguins and Jason Zucker would be centered around Penguins forward Alex Galchenyuk and a young roster player. Can I throw my phone through the window, Isha? Oh, I don't – why do we want Alex Galchenyuk? He's just – he's, seen just been, that he's literally the NHL's trade chip right now. And sure, maybe – Maybe the Wild get a prospect, and let's be honest, the Penguins, they don't draft shit prospects. They draft decent players. I mean, value-wise, it may make sense, but, ah, man, I'm so not interested in Alex Galchenyuk. Is he a 40- to 50-point player? Sure. But I'd rather have what Jason Zucker brings to a locker room and um, and just the market, you know, pleasing the market because he's a fan favorite than to have Alex Galchenyuk, the greatest trade chip in the league. Um I guess that's a little a little bit of breaking news there, but value wise, I guess it's important to see what what they what they're asking for Jason Zucker being uh you know a second and third line center slash winger and a prospect. I mean that's a decent well, return. It says that Russo lists that uh, forward Teddy Bluger and defenseman Uso Ricola are possible additions in the deal as well. Damn. So does this look like it may happen, or is this just some? Rumor? I'm not sure. I'm looking through. Um, Russo's uh, Twitter feed, and I am actually not seeing anything about it. 
Okay, well, we'll keep you posted um, definitely on the Monday episode and on our Twitter uh, accounts, folks, especially at the Soda Pod. Um, my due diligence. The Wild, one and four in the last five games played. Uh, one win and two losses at home throughout that span. Uh, let's, let's talk about the Canucks game. I mean, originally on Monday, we were going to run down the Flames series. We brought Brad Baroud on uh, last week on episode 30 uh, to preview a little bit of uh, the second game of that series, it was just to wrap it up quick. It was as boring as we thought it would be. And uh, the Flames snuck away with two points um, in the Canucks 4-1 loss. Uh, Jason Zucker and Greg Patteron made their long awaited returns uh, to the Minnesota Wild lineup. Uh, Greg Patteron, uh, especially as he was doing some conditioning in Iowa. Um, penalty problems were kind of the storyline for this game um, in regards to the Minnesota Wild. Uh, it, it cost them the game, in my opinion, uh, Brandon. So let's start off there. Yeah, when are penalty problems for this team, you know, not the problem? I, I see it time and time again. I'll be watching a fucking game, and all of a sudden it's a penalty here, penalty there. Wild get a power play. Oh, nope, now it's turning onto a 4-4. Four and four. Yeah, and the, sometimes you can blame the officials, but not in this game, in my opinion. This one well, was all them. To be honest with you, I did not get a chance to catch this game. I was unfortunately out and about with my family when it was going on, so wasn't able to see it. But long story short, Penalty problems have been a consistent problem with this team for for majority of the season. I'd say the last twenty games, at least. Very fair to say. Very fair to say, and it's where the wild. I don't know. They have a very strange knack to just take penalties and they take penalties at very bad times. Stupid I, penalties, man. Some of them. And sometimes, yeah, the, it, like you said, the, it's the refs too. They might just get a little too intensive about something. But Fortunately for the Wild, they only allowed one power play goal. Um, and it looking like that goal came from Elias Patterson. But how else are you going to stop that, man? Uh, absolutely. But, I know. I, I just think Vancouver. I mean, they're much quicker than uh, the Minnesota Wild, and, and it showed Obviously. in this game. Uh, they're they're more skilled in regards to puck moving, both out of their zone and the offensive zone. And shooting wise, they just have stronger shooters. Elias Pettersson being one of them. If you just look at just some of the some of the stats from the, the box score here, I mean, the Vancouver Canucks big gun big guns they came to work. Bo Horvat, uh, two goals. Five shots on net. JT Miller had two shots on net. Quinn Hughes had Quinn Hughes had fucking two shots on net. Tanner Pearson three. Pedersen six. Troy Troy Stetcher had three shots on net and, and a point in this game. Taking nothing away from Troy Stetcher, but his shots kind of a muffin. He doesn't get it through that often. Uh, the Wild. I mean, they only put twenty four shots up on Jacob Markstrom. They did manage to get one goal, and they didn't give up uh, that many power play goals as you just mentioned. But going through their team, I, I have to give credit to Matthew Dumba. He had plenty of chances in that game, and just it, it just didn't work. Five shots on net by Matt Dumba. He he led the team in shots. Um, you know, Eric Stahl, the next one behind him, um, along with Matt Zuccarello at three. Jason Zucker in both games, you know, just he, he looked slow and fair enough coming back from um, uh, a broken leg injury. Dubnik overall, despite being under uh, nine uh, a 900 save percentage. I think he played well. He gave this team a chance to win, and he had an absolute beauty save uh, early in the game as well. 
Yeah, for sure. And speaking on um, speaking on Zucker's behalf, he he took four penalty minutes total in that game. So, um, you know, I don't know what's going on with him personally. I the see Canucks a lot of- had more blocked shots in this game too, and we have seen regularly that you know the Wild they they outwork their team. Um, but with only 24 shots on net, uh, they went zero for five on their fucking power play, which is, you know, something that we really have to start paying attention to. Uh, they were only 40% in the face-offs. Uh, they did out hit the Canucks, but everyone out hits the Canucks 16 to six, but, uh, they only had 12 block shots to the Canucks 16 as well. It, it just looked like the Canucks had a little bit more talent and to be honest, just wanted this one a little bit more. Um, do you have anything else to say on this Canucks loss? I know you didn't watch much of the game. It was more of a bearable loss at 4-1 rather than uh, what we're going to talk about next with the Pittsburgh. Oh, Jesus, yeah. And uh, who the hell is JT Miller? Like, this is a guy that Dude, I've, I've seen. always known JT Miller was good. I don't know why Canucks fans were complaining about acquiring him in the offseason. Yeah, this is a guy that I watched when he played on the New York Rangers team. And, he was damn good on and that it, team. And then he went to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And now he's with Vancouver. And actually been quite impressive he's actually i think he's actually a pretty good hockey player Dude, he's but point it, per game and him and him he's an all you know all situations player and, and elias Pettersson and him have great chemistry yeah and then um one more note with the canucks game i mean it's it's great that the you know wild yeah well really honestly there's really nothing great about it but um you know at least they could snuff brock besser out and limit him to one shot on goal the whole game you know, so yeah, I mean, it would it would it would sting a little bit more for the Wild if Brock Besser was the one to to drive that dagger home. You know, there's so many players on the Canucks too that are, in my opinion, kind of recycled in a way. There's only very few players on the team I think that are actually talented, like Besser, JT Miller, um, Elias Patterson, Bohorvat. Um, can obviously probably add to that list. Quinn Hughes. Okay, Quinn Hughes. I only I was only looking at forwards. Quinn Hughes. I gotta give respect to a guy like Tyler Myers. I always thought he was kind of badass. So well, Jake Vertan starting to become more of a complete player. He was. They have. Out. They have. I mean, he he. Oh, for where he was drafted, you could make the argument that he's a bust, and I would be. I'd, I'd listen to your argument, but in my opinion, a bust is, is doesn't play in the National Hockey League. Jake Rutanen is is putting up goals and putting up a tremendous season. And he's still young, so though he's never going to score forty in the National Hockey League, hell, if he scores, if he's a twenty twenty five goal scorer for the Canucks for the next few seasons. It's a win there, and he's he's a quick player. I mean, he's someone that I think the Wild would really benefit by having just because of his quickness and the the way he can get in front of the net. Yeah, I've always thought the same thing, too. Ryan Donato for Jake Vertan, and it can still yeah, happen, baby. Yeah, and then you can definitely have your shotgun shotgun Jakes going oh, on yeah. there. Oh, yeah. All right, let's move on to this Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, let's move uh, on to lost. this travesty of a Penguins game. So, so this is a hilarious story, and I haven't really oh dove into it God. too much. Uh, admittedly, I haven't read uh, Russo's post-game uh, article on this yet, nor uh, did Bing. I watch the game in its entirety. I don't think Bruce Boudreaux's error cost them the game, but I do think it was a factor. Um, I, I don't think Sidney Crosby would have walked all over this defense if Bruce Boudreaux did not make a fucking error on his scratch card, leaving Greg Patterson out of the lineup and leaving his team with only five defensemen. Um, it was said that Ryan Donato was supposed to be the one scratched. Crosby had four points in his return from a 28-game absence. And uh, Evgeny Malkin, his partner in crime, added three points as well. 
those two players combined absolutely dominated the wild in this game. And, and it's crazy, man. It's crazy that the Pittsburgh Penguins are having so much success this season, despite being so injury riddled. I mean, they, they were without Crosby for a stretch for a long stretch. They were without Malkin for a stretch. They don't have Phil Kessel anymore. Jake Gensel's out of the lineup. It's insane that this team is still winning games. Yeah, for sure. But it just goes to show their team that's pretty well meshed together and they're pretty well bonded together. And they got they got holding on to this dynasty by by a fucking thread. Well, I mean, the dynasty is the. It's not like the Blackhawks, you know, when they won three cops, three cops. What? (laughs) Whoops! Cops. You're going to Wisconsin on me. Yep. Sorry. (laughs) It's not not like the Blackhawks winning three cups and what was that like six seasons? Was that 2010, 2013, and 2015? Um. I don't know why I have that ingrained in my head. I shouldn't even try to think about it being a lot. Because they're one of the best teams in hockey, man. It was well, I was a Canucks fan at the time, so it hurt uh, me. But it's it's outstanding stuff. Yeah, we know we all know about the Roberto Luongo nightmares involving Dustin Buffin ass. But, um, get, getting back on the rail with the or um, David Boland and his brain the size of size of a bird seed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Going back to the Penguins, you know, they do have some. You know, I'm not going to say elite talent on their team. I mean, all, all aside from you know, Crosby and Malkin, um, there's one guy too, and I don't know if you'll agree with me, though. there was one addition that Penguins made this past year I really liked, and it was acquiring Dominic Cahoon from the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, good pick. Yeah, he's been, he's been a really good role player for them too. Jared, Jared McCann too, and I mean, he's yeah, bounced around McCann. a little bit. Uh, the Canucks sent him to Florida. Actually, he was drafted in the same draft as Jake Vertanen, and they came in as rookies together on the Canucks. Um, I don't want to talk about that trade, especially from a Canucks vantage point, but uh, he, he was sent to Florida, didn't really work out there, and it's working out outstanding in Pittsburgh. So it's good to see that the kid's finally uh, – um, you know, playing to his draft status. Back to this game on the ice, though. It was, it, though it was an absolute ugh, terrible loss. And, you know, the, the Wild are unfortunately 500 now at 20 and 20. That playoff spot, that wild card spot is looking further and further away for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Zach Parise had four shots on goal. Luke Cunningham had four shots on goal. Uh, Dumba with three again and, you know, didn't even land a point, unfortunately. Um, I'm glad that at least, at least the offensive attempts were scattered a little bit more throughout this game. Devin Dubnik, I mean, he didn't have a lot of help with five very tired defenders. Um, a 75 save percentage in this game. Um, he saved only 22 out of 29 shots, allowing seven goals. Um, and I don't really have to go much more into that. It kind of the the, the, the that part of the story um is self-explanatory as we dive into a little bit more of just like the box score stats though shots on goal were even with the wild and penguins um face-off percentage was close 47 to 53 for the pittsburgh penguins uh, the wild went 50 percent on their power play um hits were even 25 25 and you know the there weren't a lot of block shots this game to really e- even dive into to those stats so Overall, I think the Wild played the best game that they could have under the circumstances. Yeah, I think they did. Um, there were spurts the... where they looked bad. Don't get me wrong, folks. I'm not trying oh. to d- defend them entirely. But if you dive into the, some of the numbers here, it, it wasn't as bad as it, as it was in Vancouver. Oh, for sure. And the thing of it is, is yeah, they might have been playing with 5D, but I think um, 
<laughs> I think what was going on was Donato was actually playing as a defenseman. Um, and it was, he was playing very seldomly, obviously. He only played, uh, he only had about just a couple of seconds under five minutes of ice time the whole game. Um, and obviously there was, there was a thing going around on Twitter of Crosby just completely destroying Donato behind the net. That hurt to just, watch. Just, just skill-wise, he just broke Donato's ankles. And like, I think at that point in time, I think Donato was playing as a defenseman under the circumstances. But, yeah, it's, it was just painful to watch. And it went to show, too, it, went, it, hit, it hit the fence hard, you know, in the set, in the, in the set numbers as far as plus minus goes. Ryan Suter finished like game with a minus four. Matt Dumba finished like game with a minus four. Just not a lot of um, energy nothing good, there. Nothing good came out of that game. Nothing good came out of that game. A lot of people on Twitter were calling for this quote mistake on Boudreaux's part to call for his firing. No, Obviously, I don't think we should go that far. Last time I checked, Bruce Boudreaux is still employed by the Minnesota Wild as the head coach. So that is that. And uh, I guess I guess what happened was I guess I guess Boudreaux went into Blake Aaron into Blake Aaron and you know apologized and you know he said something like that's the first time you've made a mistake like that in twenty five years. So, you know Shit happens. You know, I guess I guess shit happens, but I mean, you would think that some of these some of these things would be more, you know, proof Fred, when you're trying to establish a game plan against the you know, an opposing team, let alone a team like Pittsburgh, where they still got talented players on their team like Crosby and Malkin, and even Brian Rust too. Brian Rust has been someone that's actually impressed. Yeah, me. this season especially, he's at a coming out party. Uh, the last thing I want to say on this before we move on into our general hockey talk segment here. And we got about five, 10 minutes for that. Cause uh, do you want to bring Dylan Kayser on again, host of the stick hungry podcast before we end off this show? Um, it, Marcus Felingo looked good in these, la- in these last two losses though, Brand- Brandon, I do want to highlight that yeah. a goal in the Canucks game. I believe he has 18 points, nine goals and nine assists in 36 games. Um, I believe he's got close here. I'm just going to bring it up right now. Cause I know he scored 20 or, Okay, he's never scored 20, but he's gotten close at 15. So if Marcus Felino could put up 20 goals, that would be crazy and very good to see this season. There is an opportunity for him to do that. And he's one of the few wild players who um, are plus players on this team. And again, take plus minus with a grain of salt. But, but on a team that's 500, a team that's not elite, a team that has to battle every night for points, when you're above zero in regards to plus minus it's a good thing okay uh and he's among players like kevin fiala joel erickson eck and victor rask believe it or not who are who are in the plus uh department uh susie's another one and uh, Jonas brodine so some good company there um in that regard i mean he's been a fighter this year and i have nothing but good things to say about marcus folingo um captain my captain maybe I uh, I think so, and we'll go over the poll results from our last poll question next week as we're running a little short on time here. And since we don't really have a whole segment devoted to our poll question, oh, I figure nice. we'll just talk about it next week. Um, we're on Monday, rather. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> closing out this segment, folks, don't forget to follow uh, some additional shows on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, Terry Ryan, former uh, National Hockey League player, his podcast, Tales with TR, a hockey podcast, 
is on the Hockey Podcast Network and its own feed. So just look up its name on whatever podcast app you use. Episode four is, or episode five is out rather. So go and check that out. It's available on the Hockey Podcast Network feed again and its own. Um, And uh, another show that is on its own feed and the Hockey Podcast Network's feed, uh, as well as the Ice Analytics Podcast Dr. Matthew Arp dives into the world of hockey through an analytical perspective and tells us what the numbers can reveal about certain aspects of the sport. And it's great stuff so far, folks. And it comes out every Friday. All right, let's move on to uh, the final segment of the show. Segment three, hockey stories from around the league and abroad, some general hockey talk. Okay, um, did you catch this Flames and Oilers game? The, oh, the yeah. Battle of Alberta Part uh, yeah. 2 this year? If you, were, if, you were, if you were on Twitter or social media in general, there's no way you could avoid avoid not seeing this whole Kachuk-Cassian incident. I mean, I don't know what side to take in this, honestly. I kind of want to keep my nose out of it, considering I'm not a fan of either. I'm all, I'm all in with Cassian, man. If, if you're going to I mean, play as dirty as you play... You know, as as much of a rat as you play as Kachuk, and one of those hits I want to say wasn't wasn't dirty. One of them w- was a little dirty. Um, the second one I think was a little bit more dirty than the first one. But if you're gonna throw your body around, if you're gonna play that style game, if you're gonna play old school hockey, you gotta answer the bell every now and then. You can't just and that's the thing. It, it's not like he even just keeps talking. He just he just uh, he caves and he puts his arms over his head. And it's just like, come on, man. And and I know the game is changing, but if you're gonna be the ones who who's going to throw your body around and can potentially do real damage rather than a fight that let's be honest, you can do more damage throwing elbows around than you are fighting. (laughs) Um, I think you got to answer the bell every now and then. So I did like Cassian's response, but I'm not opposed to his suspension for his antics uh, after the whistle. I mean, it it is what it is, but, but I bring this up, Brandon, and then you can give me your thoughts on it after is because fans raised, over $20,000 for charity as uh, after the Kachuk and Cassian incident as uh, Calgary Flames fans paid for a billboard of Matthew Kachuk to be put up in Edmonton. And then proceeds, and then after you know word of that uh, came out, um, various people started donating. Even friends of ours here on the Hockey Podcast Network, and uh, they were able to raise that much money uh, for charity. So the the Battle of Alberta, it is, uh, it, it, it's 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 on right now, man. Like it's crazy, and there's another game coming up soon. Yeah, you know what this whole situation with Cassian and Kachuk reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of a similar rivalry involving two former players and two former NHL players. Now think back, Rangers and Devils. You might know where I'm going with this. Sean Avery played on the New York Rangers. David Clarkson played on the New Jersey Devils. Man, David Clarkson did not like Sean Avery. I mean, there's not really a whole there's lot. Like, there's a lot of people who didn't like Sean Avery. There's really not a lot of people. I don't like, like Sean, Sean Avery. There's really not a lot of people like Sean Avery, and Sean Avery really doesn't give a piss about it. Um, you know, he just, he's just going to piss off when he pisses off. But, um, yeah, it's just something, you know, Avery, I'm not comparing Avery to Kachuk in any manner, but Avery was one of those guys that run around and do shit like that and he's got to answer the belt for it. And, 
it, a lot of I, I, I can just see it in Kachuk and pulling that Avery style thing of hurdling. Because I've seen it with Avery. He got jumped by Clarkson and he didn't want to fight Clarkson. And Clarkson just started ragdolling Avery all over the ice. So I can kind of make a comparison there. But if I had to take a little bit of an edge and take a side, I'd probably take Cassie inside. He got a, you know, he got a lot of support too from uh, a lot of former players and, but most notably, came with Solani of all people too. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, actually touched him on it as well. And I'm really excited to see what Terry Ryan has to say on it on his next podcast. So both, you know, the Flames and Oilers fans again raise over twenty thousand dollars for charity. Uh, it's towards ALS research, the charity. And uh, after the Flames fans get this campaign going to to plaster Matthew Kachuk's face all over the city of Edmonton. Now we got a few minutes left here, Brandon, so we can't really dive into these next topics too, too deep. Um, and, uh, well, you know, if we do, maybe I'll, I'll cut them a little short and put the, the entire conversation on Patreon. But first, let's quickly talk about, and we won't really give the ins and outs to it because by the time of this podcast coming out, everyone kind of has already knows what's going on and um, has had time to dissect this. But Ray Shiro being fired, you know, general manager of the New Jersey Devils, I was very, very surprised when, uh, again, I was scrolling through Twitter and then TSN and, and saw that, this in fact was real now i know this team had people had uh too too much expectation placed on this team moving forward with the acquisition in the offseason you know wayne simmons pk suban nikita gusev jack hughes um you know taylor hall was still there at the time taylor hall was traded some people criticized the return i i know ray sherwin is what four or five years with the new jersey devils he's only made the playoffs once you know he has had questionable drafting you know pavel zaka hasn't been you know a great draft pick and i believe he was what fourth overall or something but i don't think that I don't think he should have been fired this this season. I think he should have at least got one more and at least a chance to continue rebuilding. I mean, do you not agree? No, I do. I do agree with you. I think firing was off. Firing a general manager is never an easy thing, but let alone well, especially the, right after the coach was just let go. Yeah, give especially a, give the new guy a chance. And it's kind of shocking to me too that they did this. You know, in season. You know, literally, we're right in that almost. I think we're just a hair past the most teams are half at the halfway point or just a little past. So it really does surprise me that the New Jersey Devils would, you know, make a personnel move like that, especially like you said, after letting go of um, John Hines. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. If there is some hesitation done on Cheryl's part and make moves and, or if he was just feeling pressure from upper management, from the thing that I heard was apparently it was just mutually agreed to part ways. Yeah, I'll right. To, I'll have to look into that a little bit more, but I don't really feel like that was the case. I feel like this was, you know, Devils wanting to go in a different direction. And Yeah, there's no way it was mutual. Get out of here. I don't, yeah, I don't believe I, that for a second. I, I kind of was a little suspect too with – the, uh, I'm not. I'm not saying I was suspect with the Taylor Hall trade at all. I was just a little suspect with the return that Cheryl got for Taylor Hall. But but keep like, but keep in mind that Taylor Hall he's going to free agency, so it didn't wherever he was going, he wasn't going to get the the Hall, no pun intended, to his value because. Yeah. He, he's not going to stay with that respected team. If he even had another year left on the contract, I believe he would, they would get full value for him. 
but um but but honestly it, it is what it is and it just it just odd i think ray shiro is gonna he's gonna land himself another job very very soon i'm moving on here because again we are we are pretty short on time and there's there's two more notes that i want to get to one we can explore a little bit and one uh I'm actually going to pose to to Dylan as well, so him and I can get into that when he joins us momentarily. But Nicholas Backstrom of the Washington Capitals re-signs with the Capitals uh, an extension, a five-year extension, $9.2 million AAV for a $25 million deal. Um, Nicholas Backstrom has been one of the best centers in the National Hockey League. Um, and what one of the one of the only players who, you know, signed a 10-year deal and at the end of the deal is worth more than what he originally signed for. I believe it was just north of $7 million per year, maybe 6.8 um, with his last contract. I don't have cap friendly up in front of me. But one, one thing I do want to say about Nicholas Baxter Brandon, a cool stat, is he scored his 900th points in his 900th game playing with Alex Ovechkin. Because this has been wow. OV setup, man, for the last, you know, 10-plus years. Does this mean that, um, you know, the Montreal Canadiens won't be signing him? <laughs> yeah, they're not signing. What this means, though, is that the Caps with, you know, Oshie locked up, with uh, Backstrom locked up, with Kuznetsov locked up, with Tom Wilson locked up, they're not going to be able to pay, play uh, Braden Holpe. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting think, to see what their goaltending yeah. situation looks like uh, next season. I, I'm a huge Washington Capitals fan. I love following that team. It was one of the, the first jerseys I, I ever bought um, in professional sports. And, and I've been following this Capitals team from, from the beginning, since Backstrom actually signed that deal and was drafted to this team. And the exchange that he had with Alex Ovechkin um, holding the Stanley Cup together when they won, when they were just screaming at each other, fucking rights, fucking rights. It, it, was, it was unbelievable, and it was just a, it was a really cool moment to witness there. Finally, um, la- last point here before we move on, and I'm, pre- I'm pretty much just going to get your quick reaction to it, then we have to move into, to, well, posing it to Dylan and getting his, um, his thought on this particular question and a couple of other things, you know, the, the reason that um, I did bring Dylan on to talk about a few uh, important hockey stories that are topical to our lives right now. But um, back to this, uh, back to this point here, Brandon, this is crazy news on the time of recording uh, this podcast here, Wednesday night, Gerard Gallant fired by the Vegas golden Knights, despite bringing the team to the Stanley cup playoffs in his first season, despite having an outstanding season to follow that up. And despite being three points shy of the top of the Pacific division right now, four points out of being second place in the Western conference. Again, at the time of this recording, this is insane. Um, you know, general manager and ownership have come out and and said, and also people covering the team, uh, Gary Lawless, for example, formerly of TSN who uh, covers the Vegas Golden Knights for uh, I think NHL.com. He, you know, he came out and said that it is performance based. They're in the mix of things in the Pacific where they should be at the top. So I get it from that point, but it's one of those things where they're going to make the playoffs and they're going to be an absolute beast. Like they have so much depth and so much elite talent on this team. He was not sent off in a cab. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a, it was a much, uh, it was a much more professional send off. And you have to believe that in my opinion, that he'll probably be landing in what? Seattle? Perhaps Montreal? Well, we'll put this conversation on the shelf and we'll bring it back up Monday, Brandon, because we are short. We are out of time here. And uh, we got to pose this question to Dylan. So let's bring on Dylan Kayser. You can give him a follow on Twitter at DYL underscore THPN. 
again, host of the Stick Hungry Podcast at Stick Hungry Pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is a real treat. I've been talking about it throughout this entire podcast. Dylan Kayser, host of the Stick Hungry Podcast, covering all things San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network, joins us to uh, talk a little bit about this whole Pete DeBoer signing and Gerard Gallant firing uh, over in the desert in Vegas because, you know, covering the San Jose Sharks, Dylan's pretty familiar with Pete DeBoer. But before we get into that, how the hell are you, bud? You're a Vancouver Island native and living on this island, and it's Snowmageddon 2020 out here, eh? Oh, man, Snowmageddon 2020. It's, it's absolutely insane. Man, 40 centimeters of snow has, has fell. It, it's, it's ridiculous. On Vancouver Island, which people, you know, in San Jose, people in Minnesota, yeah, you know, we're Canada, but we're Canada's Hawaii. Usually it just rains because we're literally a rainforest in the winter. Yeah, maybe we'll get a, some snow for a day and then the rain washes it away. This is absolute insanity. Like we said, Snowmageddon. Snowmageddon. I what thought it was 2.0. It is 2.0 because fuck, man, we lived together a year ago. I thought it was. I thought that was Snowmageddon, and that would be the last time uh, we saw Snowmageddon for a while here on the island. But no, a year almost what to the day it's back. Pretty close, yeah. But uh, it's it's good to be back on the Soda Pod. I say it every time, but uh, love the fans on the Soda Pod. I was the host for what I don't know. What was it? You should. 15 10 episodes, 10, 15 episodes, 10, 10 like 15 episodes. You know, it was a, it was a quick little honeymoon, but whatever. Um, Brandon and I were just quickly going over the, uh, the crazy news that uh, transpired to everyone listening to the podcast yesterday, but for us talking about it on um, Wednesday, Gerard Gallant let go of his duties as the first coach in Vegas golden Knights history. And I was just telling Brandon, I mean, his, his team is just four points away from being second in the Western Conference and, um, and, and just dominant out there. So what are your thoughts on, on this, uh, well, on this whole situation? Because former San Jose coach who was let go midseason, and this is, that was the first time that Doug Wilson has ever fired a coach midseason, he gets the job a snap of the fingers within 24 hours after. So before we just kind of dive into a little bit of like, you know, how Pete DeBoer coaches and just your thoughts on him. I just want to hear your overall thoughts on just this entire situation, man. Well, I mean, the firings are pretty similar. I mean, I don't think a lot of people were happy that Pete DeBoer got fired uh, in San Jose. And I think a lot of people in Vegas are pretty pissed too, because I mean, I didn't see this coming. I don't think a lot of people saw this coming. Like you said, they're having a decent season. I mean, they're not blowing anybody away like they did the first two years, but I mean, come on. It's a, it's a tough Western Conference. I'm sure they're going to make the playoffs. And I don't know. I think they could have uh, they could have stuck with Gallant. Um, yeah, and as far as getting Pete DeBoer, that's, uh, that's an interesting signing. They, they have quite the, uh, the list of coaches they can hire. I mean, there's been a lot of guys fired recently. Uh, a few of them you can't really hire again in the NHL. But still, there, there's a list of guys that you could hire. Uh, Pete DeBoer obviously being at the top of the list. Uh, decent hiring. I mean, I think a lot of San Jose fans are, are kind of salty, kind of pissed right now because a, a lot of us liked Pete DeBoer and now he's coaching uh, the rivals, the Vegas Golden Knights. So uh, that one kind of hurts, honestly. And he knows how to coach elite players. So he's just, he's sliding, he's snaking right in to a <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights team that is ready to go, which is 
and ready to compete. And sure, where are they sitting right now? One, two, three, four. Fifth in the Pacific Division, yet they're three points out of top of the Pacific Division. It's so tight. It's a crazy division right now. And like I said, five points out of second in the entire Western Conference. So the Vegas Golden Knights, all they need is a small run, and, and they're back in the mix of things. I was, I was telling Brandon that they're, they're a team that if they make the playoffs, they're going to be a dominant team in the playoffs, and they're surely going to make the playoffs. It's just a matter of where in the Western Conference, because I, I can't imagine that, uh, you know, that the Canucks, Oilers, and even Flames this year are going to, quite frankly, outmuscle the Golden Knights out of the Pacific Division. Um, Gerard Gallant, where do you think he lands next? Because he's not a bad coach. Hell, he's a great coach, and it, it blows my mind that they didn't even allow for this small speed bump. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm surprised too. The, the the players love this guy. I I kind of jokingly tweeted it out, but uh, what if we do the old swaparoo? I uh, like in it. San Jose and hire Yankee swap. You know, a little Yankee swap. We have an interim coach right now and Bob Bugner, so you know it, it could work out. But I mean, I I think a lot of teams would love to have this guy as the head coach. I don't think he he's going to be out of a job for very long. Two and a half seasons with an expansion team. Fucking, how long was Barry Trotz with uh, the National Predators again? <laughs> oh, man, I don't even know, 15 it, it, it years just, or something it, insane? Do you, do you think there was a problem with him and the players? Like, it still seemed like the players <sighs> loved know. him fr- from, the, from the outside again. Do you think it's just an impatient franchise? You know, they saw a lot of success early on getting to the Stanley Cup Finals, pretty good second season, and, you know, to them being out of the playoffs halfway through the season is unacceptable. It when, must when be, it, when it's it like must kind be. of unrealistic when you look at the standings and you look how tight things are, you know? Yeah, because uh, they're no longer a ragtag team. They're no longer a young team. They're a competing team. Yeah. You know, their best players are 30, 27, and 28 right now. Yeah, and they have an identity now, for, for sure, like you said, because they have older players. I mean, they have great goaltending, uh, pretty good defense. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I just... I just don't like this move. I mean, I'm not saying that Pete yeah. DeBoer is a bad, bad hire, uh, but uh, I, I think it's just a premature firing. And I don't know if that instills a lot of confidence uh, in that locker room for the Golden Knights either. That's a great way to put it. Like, it, it's, not, it's not a bad move because Pete DeBoer, this is a Pete DeBoer roster. Like he's we kind of were just talking. Yeah. He's a good coach, and this is exactly what he thrives with, with elite players that can play to his system and his, and his great hockey mind. Because let's be honest, he's, he's one of the best in, in the National Hockey League. He just had to be let go because of what was going on in San Jose. I'm sure if they were taking nothing away from Gerard Gallant, because I think he's an amazing coach, and what he's done with Vegas has been great. And like you just said, he's going to land somewhere soon, whether it's Seattle Montreal there's plenty of options um out there I think that for Vegas this isn't going to bite them in the ass this year however it could be like low-key maybe the best move that it's ever happened if if Pete DeBoer takes this team to the Stanley Cup playoffs and then the management are just going to be laughing uh true and it's quite possible I mean they have the roster to do it whether or not it's because of this move. I mean, I'm not sure, but like it, it would make them look pretty good. The storyline would be pretty, pretty hilarious. It, it would be and pretty it awesome. Would be. Um, It'd be a mic drop and a half. Yeah. And, and, and again, for us, San Jose fans, we're pissed uh, <laughs> because now our old head coach, the one we liked is now head coach of the team that we hate. <sighs> so uh, there's that. 
Um, one last thing uh, before I let you go here, Dylan, just a short but sweet uh, little guest spot here on the Soda Pod. I posted on the feed for episode 31 of the Soda Pod, just a little address to all the fans, um, just kind of letting them know just briefly and, and just kind of on the surface of uh, what's been going on in both your and my personal life. Um, our friend and, you know, friend to the network, because he's done a lot of work for us, uh, Gabriel Richard was in a terrible accident and I over the weekend went and saw him um, in, in the hospital fighting through snowmageddon to get there and back I might add um, and it was it was really good for me to go see him in the family but with all the craziness going on we obviously couldn't um, get that particular podcast episode out because of Brandon Quast and I'm not taking a jab at Brandon but he was watching his Green Bay oh here uh, we go Packers. here we go he was watching his Green Bay Packers he may have had a little bit too much to drink probably couldn't take on the podcast himself fair enough I, uh, you know, I had no <laughs> expectations for the Wisconsin boy, but, um, I know that, you know, Gabe's a, a good friend of yours as well. And we're, we're not necessarily going to get all sappy here or anything. Cause we, we all want to stay positive. Positivity is the key as he's, uh, he has a long road to recovery, but things are looking a, a lot better than they were last week. But we do have a hockey-related story with Gabe, and it's not a long story, but Dylan and I, we grew up together. We grew up watching the game together, and we grew up playing ball hockey together. And it, it was hard to get a big group going. It was hard to get you know the non-hockey fans of our group out to play ball hockey. But one time, Gabe, who, who's quite the break dancer and uh, dance choreographer and just artist all, all around, he came out and played goaltender for us, Dylan. And uh, I'll hand the reins off to you just to give, uh, give a little bit of a, a preface to this story as well. No, like you said, I mean, uh, <laughs> we played so much hockey that we, we had to pull in people that, you know, they, they were reluctant sometimes, would you say? Yeah, mostly because they just didn't understand how much fun it was going to be. And, uh, and all of them came back fun, at least fun one or for two us. Times. Fun for us. But anyways, we, we had to bring <laughs> in lots of people to, to, uh, to play with us. Gabe was one of them. We brought him in, threw him in net because we figured, hey, uh, this, this is probably a good spot for him. Threw the pads on. And man, th- this guy was just stopping them. But the way he was stopping them, I mean, I, I don't know what kind of goaltender you could, you could compare it to. Like a like a Dominic Hasek, but on the, on the dance floor. Like, this guy was killing it. Dominic Hasek with, like, jock jam beats in the background. You know? Oh, man, it was nuts. There were points when he would just throw a stick on the ground, do two-hand stand, just kick the ball away from top corner. And I was like, what the actual fuck is going on? No, exactly. Like, he'd make a glove save, throw it down, and then grab his jock, just like Michael Jackson, and give you the luck. Like, it was, it was insane. It was insane. Do, do a little James Harden shimmy, you know, a little cross sport out there. Yeah, makes and, a blocker um, save, does a full twist, full 360 twist. And so the great part about that day was uh, we were playing at the Departure Bay Courts in Nanaimo, BC, Hawaria, and we had such a big crew with us, uh, out with us, and usually that wasn't the case. And uh, the, the court was already taken by another big crew, enough to play a full court game because we usually rock the half court. And uh, we straight up went, uh, went, you know, schoolyard style play for the court, baby. And Gabe won us that game because though we had some good players, you know, I wasn't that great back then. But, you know, you and Jackie Poo, you guys, you guys carried that top line. You're a good stay-at-home defenseman. You know, I was out there. I was just going to say playing stay-at-home defense. But their team was pretty damn talented. Uh, maybe an ex-junior B player here and there on that team. And uh, We Gabe's, were a lot younger. We were a lot younger. And Gabe, you were like 17. And, and Gabe saved our fucking ass. So um, It wasn't even you. a hockey game. It was a dance-off at that point. <laughs> so cheers to you, Gabe. You, I'll never forget that moment. And uh, I, I know, well, I've seen you, uh, it, you know, in person. And, and 
how much positive your recovery is going uh, since even a week ago. So uh, you, you've got a ton of love coming from the network and, uh, and all of us when, uh, when you're able to listen to this. So I just wanted to bring you on, uh, Dylan, just to share that moment and uh, just kind of, kind of give a tribute to our buddy who's, uh, who needs a lot of support right now. Yeah, man, absolutely. And that's just, uh, that's just one of the stories we have with Gabe. I mean, we grew up with this kid. Uh, we've done some, some great things. Some, we've done some questionable things with Gabe. It's, it's been some fun times. Um, and yeah, man, his, his work is smothered all over the Hockey Podcast Network with all the great icons and logos. And yeah, man, the, the whole network is with Gabe and, and, and just so much love to Gabe and his family. All right, Dylan. Well, I think that's a great way to to end this guest segment. I'll uh, I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks for coming on the Soda Pod again. It's always nice to have you, folks. Go follow Dylan at dyl underscore thpn and quickly plug away some of the contests you have going on at the Soda Pod, or sorry, at the Stick Hungry Pod. <laughs> I almost said Stick and Rink Pod. Oh man, what a day. <laughs> the, the the triple fuck up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, so- the producer T here in Trail. How are you? Yeah, check check out the uh, Stick Hungry Podcast on Twitter at Stick Hungry Pod. Uh, we're giving away a signed Brent Burns puck. Oh, how are you? Um, so yeah, check out our Twitter page for details on that contest. Uh, we're going to be giving it away in the in the middle of February. Um, so check out that. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, Yisha. Anytime, buddy. Thank you to those tuning in on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Folks, the best thing you can do for us this week, besides donating on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Hockey Podcast Network, is to give us five stars on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you can rate and review podcasts. Go listen through our website, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com, for full playlists of all the shows. On your app, download the episodes before you listen as it helps our business and search and subscribe to the Hockey Podcast Network. Individual feeds for every single show coming soon, folks. Thank you for your patience. Uh, reminders, please go to our Patreon. All donations go toward, to the host, Dylan and I. We don't even stick our feet in the pool. And a couple reminders on some other giveaways around the network. The Oil Country Podcast are giving away tickets for an upcoming Edmonton Oilers and Minnesota Wild game in Edmonton. So if you're from Edmonton and you're a Minnesota Wild fan, go check out the Oil Country Podcast. And uh, the Stick Hungry Podcast, as I just got Dylan to run down, have some giveaways as well. So go give them a follow at Stick Hungry Pod. Don't forget to give me a follow at VI Sports Talk. Uh, the podcast here, the Soda Pod at the Soda Pod. And of course, the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Pod Net. We're really excited to bring on uh, some friends from the Bent Paddle Brewing Company very soon for our uh, inaugural beer league segment. So we're really excited about that. Brandon, where can they find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at my new handle, which is Quast Gone Wild. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at MN Wild Live Lawyer. The Hockey Podcast Network, ladies and gentlemen. Familiarize yourself with that name. Every team, everywhere. Signing off, I'm Yusha Jeromey. He is Brandon Quass, and this has been the Soda Pod, ladies and gentlemen. Stay wild.